Today's gospel story continues the story from last week. You may have heard that first line and thought, wait a second, he's reading the wrong gospel. But this is just a continuation of a longer story, which happens sometimes in the lectionary, as you know. Um, the lectionary split this story into two. So today we get the second half. And if you recall from last week, Jesus um, preaches a sermon on the basis of Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And Jesus identifies himself as this anointed agent of the gospel, of the good news. Here today we get the response of those in the synagogue. And at first it seems like a very positive response. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came out of his mouth. Although the phrase can actually be a little bit more neutral or even negative than that, it could also be all testified against him and were astounded at the words of grace, uh, shocked at the words of grace that he was saying. I go back and forth as to what their original response was, but what, what's clear is that if, it, if they were pleased at first, their reaction very quickly changed to a hostile one, to one that was uh, a, a reaction of rejection. Is not this Joseph's son? You can just hear them saying, this, this hometown hero is getting a little bit too big for his britches. Um, and so Jesus anticipates that. He, he, he sees that in their reaction, and he says, doubtless you will quote, quote to me this proverb, doctor, cure yourself. In other words, uh, you're making some pretty big claims for yourself, and we haven't, we've heard rumors about you, but we haven't seen anything for ourselves. So prove it or stop making such big claims. On a side note, what's going on in this passage is we're getting a, a strong contrast between the people's view of Jesus and God's view of Jesus, or what we're supposed to see Jesus as. Um, the people call him Joseph's son, but this takes place just after the baptism of Jesus where God says, you are my beloved son. The people don't accept Jesus. It says they, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And this is just after Jesus says that God has anointed him to bring the acceptable year of the Lord. And so we're seeing a very clear contrast between how we're supposed to see Jesus, how God sees Jesus, and how the people are receiving him. Well, Jesus, instead of seeing that he's not getting a good reaction and saying, well, I better go somewhere else, he sort of doubles down. He tells them two stories drawn from the book of Kings, and both speak about God's people rejecting his message, and that how as a result of that rejection, the message goes out beyond Israel to the Gentiles. After Jesus finishes, we're told all in the synagogue were filled with rage, and they cast him out of the town, using the same word that is used when Jesus casts demons out of people. They expelled him from the town and tried to throw him off a cliff. Not the kind of reaction I'm hoping for today, not the kind of reaction that you typically want, especially on your first sermon. So why this hostility? Why was the message that Jesus brought, the words of grace, so, uh, so violently rejected. The passage he read from Isaiah uh, speaks of God's plan to use Israel to bless the nations. And this is really good news for all. The trouble is, it's the good news for all who are 
a poor, all who are oppressed, everyone of every category, Jew and Gentile alike. And the difficulty is that many Jews in Jesus' day thought of themselves as the poor and oppressed that Isaiah was speaking of. They thought of themselves as the recipients of God's grace, or the ones who would be the recipients of that grace. And like the prophet Jonah before them, they wanted their enemies destroyed, not saved, judged, not blessed. So Jesus reminds them through these two stories that God means to bless the Gentiles. The, 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 the unique thing about this is that this is not something, a, a novelty on Jesus' part. This is, has always been part of God's plan. It's not an afterthought, but a part of God's original plan, his original covenant, all the way back to Abraham. He says, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing to the nations. Since God's message is for all, though, by trying to keep the message only for themselves, not for their enemies, the people are actually rejecting that message. It's also important to note that this is not a novel interpretation of these two stories from, from the book of Kings on Jesus' part. Uh, this is the original meaning. This is just what those stories meant in their original context. So Jesus is essentially saying, remember your Bible. I mean, these are your stories. Remember what God has been up to, has always been up to. He's using the stories to remind God's people of God's plan and to warn them not to make the same mistake that has been made in the past. So what's going on in these two stories? Uh, the first story about Elijah, the background to that story is the people are on a sort of downward spiral of idolatry, rejecting God and following the wicked king Ahab, their king Ahab, uh, into f deeper deeper idolatry, and there is a famine over the whole land, and we see the prophet Elijah being sent not to the people of Israel, who have rejected God, but being sent beyond uh, the people of Israel, beyond Israel territory into Gentile Zarephath. So again, the people rejecting the message and the message going out beyond the bounds of, in, of Israel. The story of Elisha is even worse. Naaman was not only a Gentile, but he was the commander of the enemy army. So he's a Gentile, but he's also the one who is currently attacking the people of Israel. So this was the, you know, the worst sort of situation imaginable. God is saving all the wrong people. He's healing all the wrong people. Naaman, remember, had leprosy, and he came to Israel seeking a cure, and Elisha tells him to wash in the Jordan, and he's cleansed from his leprosy. Um, the people, what the people of Israel don't get, Eli, uh, Naaman gets. He comes back to Elisha after he's been cured, and he says, behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. So he's capturing the idea that God had in mind from the very beginning, that Israel would be a light to the nations, not for their judgment, not for their destruction, but for their salvation and blessing. But a message for all does not mean anything goes. The gospel message is intended for all to hear and receive, but it has a definite content which people must either accept or reject, as the scene from Nazareth shows clearly. The offer of the gospel is for everyone, but accepting the offer 
means repenting of those aspects of our lives which do not accord with God's will. To put it another way, the gospel meets us where we are, no matter who or where that might be, but it does not leave us there. It is the means of living into our new life in Christ. Well, this teaching of Jesus was a warning to the people of Nazareth. It's also a warning to us not to make the same mistake. It's typical, it's typically, I'm, I'm sorry, the people closest to Jesus who are the most in danger of making this mistake. Think of some examples from the Gospels. Jesus is rejected here in his hometown of Nazareth. His messianic mission is challenged by, by one, of, one, of the, one of his closest disciples. He's betrayed the twelve. He's crucified, not in pagan Rome, but in the holy city of Jerusalem. In other words, the danger is greatest for you and me, which is why the passage is a warning for us as well. It should cause us to ask ourselves, what aspect of Jesus' teaching are we tempted to ignore or adjust? What makes us frustrated or angry? What makes us want to silence Jesus or his message? As in this passage, Jesus will always escape these efforts unscathed. But we may find ourselves in the uncomfortable situation of setting ourselves against God. May God forbid it. And may God grant us the grace to come to him, not on our terms, but on his terms. Not rejecting what we find challenging, but rejoicing in the gift of new life he brings.